Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. My name is Jasper. I'm your host. And today I have a very interesting guest. His name is Richard Fertig, and he is the founder of a really cool YouTube channel called Short Term Rental Secrets. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And today's topic is Airbnb versus HomeAway and VRBO. And what we're going to discuss is, you know, should you list on all of these platforms or should you just list one of the platforms? And also, what are the differences between the platforms? So I don't have very much experience myself with other platforms and Airbnb. I've only listed on Windu, but Richard is uh, actually a very active user on HomeAway as well as VRBO. So I'm going to pick his brain with regards to, you know, what are the different strategies that you want to use on those platforms and also what are the differences and what's the best strategy should you list on one or multiple platforms, etc. So Richard, let's dive into it. Let's start with, you know, what do you think are the main differences between Airbnb and HomeAway and VRBO? So, um, HomeAway actually is the parent company of VRBO. So they're very similar. And I think the, the main difference is just how you access it, like what URL you go to. And they have a little bit of different user interface. But let's just combine HomeAway and VRBO into one sort of platform and then Airbnb as a, as a separate one. And I think that the reason that Airbnb has had the impact that it's had is the user experience right? VRBO has been in this space for decades. Um, Short-term rentals and vacation rentals and the like is nothing new, but Airbnb sort of came to the space and with a designer background, right? The founders are from a designer uh, school. They made the user experience much more like a magazine or a visual catalog, if you will, and then also had a couple of things that I think they continue to do very well, superior to HomeAway, which is sort of like that community build and the ratings, the reviewing, the mutual review of the host and the guest is something that I think differentiates Airbnb. So you're saying that VRBO and HomeAway is actually one company. So does that mean that if I create a listing on HomeAway that I don't need to create another listing at VRBO? That's my understanding. Now, they did just change. Expedia just bought HomeAway and therefore owns VRBO as well. And they've changed their pricing methodology recently. Um, And so there are changes going on and I could be wrong on that. But when I listed my homes on HomeAway, I just did it on that one interface and then it showed up on all of their other member sites like VRBO and the like. 
Okay, so it seems like we can pretty much consider VRBO and HomeAway the same site. If you create a listing on one, then you'll automatically also show up on the other one. Yes. Great. And what are some other differences between Airbnb and HomeAway or VRBO? So the most recent pricing that I've seen is a pretty big difference. Uh, Airbnb charges you a percentage as the host. And so therefore, if you list something, it's free. And if you get no rentals, it costs you nothing. Conversely, if you rent and you do really well, they charge a percentage, uh, let's call it 3%. And therefore, your total dollars could be significant. Uh, HomeAway has moved to a flat rate pricing model, is my understanding, where they charge, say, $399 for the year. And so therefore, if you have zero bookings, you lose $399. But if you have you know, a million dollars of bookings, your percentage is, you know, very, very small, and that's a much better way to go. So the pricing structure is different as well. And I think that there's also some differences in terms of who they attract and sort of the geographies where where they're better suited. And so to drill down on that a little bit, and I actually filmed a video recently exploring this because I'm taking a trip to Paris and I wanted to see for myself, like what a user might experience on both platforms. And it was a little bit eye-opening to me because my bias before filming that video was that Airbnb was uh, much stronger in sort of metropolitan and popular destinations where there's urban density. And in my opinion, VRBO and HomeAway, which started as a vacation rental, tended to be more where vacation rentals would be uh, maybe second homes, ski areas, beach areas, things like that, and not necessarily dense uh, cities. And so I was surprised to see when I searched in Paris that there were equal sort of numbers of listings on both Airbnb and VRBO. And I think that's probably because people are listing on both platforms. Right, because I looked up a few numbers before this call, and I noticed that uh, HomeAway is advertising that they have about 1.2 million listings, and I'm assuming that includes uh, all their different brands, um, whereas Airbnb, I think the latest number was, what is it, somewhere in the proximity of 3 million listings? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm definitely also a little bit surprised that uh, that HomeAway has just as many Airbnb for listings as Airbnb in Paris because Paris is Airbnb's biggest market. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, the the pricing methodology sort of makes some sense, right? If you're in a really popular tourist destination, then the flat rate pricing isn't a barrier to entry if you're committed to short-term rentals, right? In fact, it might actually be advantageous. You might be more profitable just listing on HomeAway or VRBO at a flat rate versus paying a 3% commission after every rental. Uh, the flip side is, in terms of why they have lesser listings overall, is if you're new to the space, if you don't really know if this is going to work for you, you're not sure how often you're going to do it, you don't know if, you know, if people are going to want to rent in your community, you might just list on Airbnb because it's free and there's no real downside risk um, versus paying $399 out of pocket to just see and experiment. Right. So for those of those people out there who are not sure about whether they want to be a short-term rental host and they're just going to want to get their feet wet, 
You know, it would be better to start with Airbnb and experiment and, and uh, you know, maybe get a couple bookings and get some experience. And then later, if you decide to actually build a sustainable long-term, short-term rental business, you might think about expanding to those other platforms. That's right. And maybe, and you t- touched on this in the introduction, maybe even listing on multiple platforms. And I know you had some questions about whether you should or you shouldn't. Is this a good time to move towards that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is this is uh, I think is a really interesting topic. Uh, whether you should list on on focus on one platform or you want to diversify into multiple platforms. Now, let me just quickly give you give you my perspective because uh, it has changed actually a little bit over time. So when I just started with Airbnb. I noticed that it was very important to build a very strong reputation on the platform. And so that means if you get a lot of bookings, you get a lot of reviews, you have a lot of activity that your listing is getting bumped in the search results, which then causes you to uh, receive even more bookings. So it's kind of like, I saw it as kind of like a small ball effect. So I've always advised people, if you're in a big market where there's enough demand on Airbnb to fill up your calendar to reach like almost, you know, like let's say 80, 90% occupancy, then I've always advised people to, to just stick with Airbnb versus spreading yourself to thin over multiple platforms and not having a very strong reputation on either one of those platforms. However, Recently, I started to notice that it's becoming harder and harder to sort of beat the competition on uh, on Airbnb, and I've seen more and more hosts who are struggling to you know to reach that full occupancy just on Airbnb. So I've started to shift my opinion a little bit in in favor of using those other platforms in order to capture enough of the of the market. So you know, I'm really curious to hear uh, what what are your thoughts on this. So as you might expect, I have a variety of thoughts and and I'm going to share with you my real life experiences and I completely agree with you. Um, you want to build credibility and reputation and and go towards being a super host or even attain super host status if you can. And if if that means that you can't or don't list on other platforms while you attain that, then you know shoot for that goal. But what I have found personally is, I have multiple properties listed. I have one property uh, that's legally listed in New York City that um, I've only done on Airbnb and I have never put on uh, HomeAway or VRBO because to your point, I've been very successful and I don't know exactly what my occupancy rate is, but it's in that 75 to 80% range, which is where I like to be and charge a fair but high nightly rate, right? I could be at 100% if I wanted to by just lowering my price, but I don't want to do that. So I'm comfortable with that. But just yesterday, um, I was filming a a new YouTube video. I'm listing a home up in uh, Wyndham, New York, which is a ski area, and it's great hiking during the summer and so on. And on the drive back, I was saying, you know what? If I could get my price on HomeAway after doing that Paris search um, and fill up the other 15%, then that kind of makes a lot of sense. Like, why would I want any occupancy? Now, I'm already a super host, and I'm already doing really well, and I'm totally satisfied with just Airbnb on that property, but it sort of struck me as I might be leaving a lot of money on the table, 15% of a prime location that could go to 100% occupancy would be really nice. And so I'm contemplating putting that on there. There's other properties that I have where I started with both Airbnb and HomeAway at the same time. I have one down south in Alabama, and I have another one out west in Colorado. I'm a a big skier. And um, it's interesting. 
right before the show, I took a look at the number of reviews I have in each of those listings. And if you had asked me before I looked it up, I would have said that HomeAway is actually the lead in those communities. Again, more of a vacation place. Uh, in Alabama, I have 18 reviews on Airbnb and only 19 on HomeAway. So it's 50-50. And therefore, in my opinion, it's good to be listed on both because I still have some occupancy. And if I was only on one, I might only have 18 reviews as opposed to 37. So in that particular case, Alabama, it's clear to me that listing in both has been really helpful. More interesting, though, is Colorado, which is literally just a vacation place, right? There's no nobody traveling there for business. Um, there's no conferences. There's no that anything that would take you there other than hiking in the summer and skiing in the winter. And that's sort of what I said earlier, the bread and butter of VRBO. It stands for vacation rental by owner, and they've been doing this for decades. And so in this vacation community, the guests, the people that travel there have been looking at VRBO and HomeAway for decades for their rental properties, and they continue to do so. And there I have 24 reviews on HomeAway and only six on Airbnb. So if I'd only done Airbnb in that instance, I might be in a real painful position from a financial perspective and think that there's no short-term rentals to be had, and maybe this investment property and vacation home and so on uh, was a big mistake. But because I'm on HomeAway, it's turned out to be fantastic. Interesting. So basically, I think we can conclude that you know it, it depends on the location. If you're in a typical vacation area, a ski resort or somewhere on the beach, you, you might actually get more bookings through VRBO and HomeAway than, than Airbnb versus if you're in a big city, uh, you might be just fine with, uh, with just the listing on, uh, on, on Airbnb. Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com slash pad. Uh, the next thing I want to get into is uh, what, what are the, the complications of listing on multiple platforms? Like, for example, how do you prevent double bookings? How do you make sure your listings are all updated? Can you comment on that? Yeah, and that's a really good question and something that you know takes a little bit of diligence and practice and, and you have to get used to it. So both platforms have the ability to update and sync the calendars, right? Because they recognize that nobody is going to be beholden to anyone. And so they have APIs where the calendar syncs and so on. It's not perfect, Jasper. I'll be perfectly honest. It's not perfect. Like for instance, I'm still wrestling with the fact that when somebody makes an inquiry on HomeAway, that tends to block the calendar on Airbnb. So even though it's not booked, it puts a hold, or that's how Airbnb reads it, on those dates, and therefore it blocks the calendar. So there is some manual you know, diligence, and you have to be sort of involved with it. But if you do that, then you shouldn't have any double bookings. 
Um, I've only had one double booking, which was completely my accident, human error, where I, I forget exactly what the circumstances were, but I actually had to cancel on the guest and, and that was awful. But I was very helpful in getting them placed in another similar home. As it turns out, the the people that cleaned my home in that area cleaned several homes and they had some vacancy and it was a similar property. And so I did everything in my power to be a good host and help them out. But, you know, that's a problem and it kind of stinks. Yeah. And it, it's something that can have uh, fairly significant consequences because if you cancel one single booking on Airbnb, that means you lose your super host status. Yeah, that's true. But I will also say the following, going back to the comment earlier, which is, I don't necessarily know in this space, which is emerging so quickly and there's so many hosts and guests and opportunity that I necessarily want to be beholden on any one company and their SEO. And I'll give you an example for that. So I, I run another business as well. And Google is the biggest search engine. If you ever did anything to upset Google and be penalized, your business suffers tremendously. So I did something recently on Airbnb that I think has affected my SEO. I'm happy that I did it, I'll continue to do it, but I turned off instant booking in my Superhost place. And the reason was because I actually had a couple of bad experiences back to back. I think that there was a security breach and the account was hacked, both on instant book. And I know that you can cancel three times, but because the account was hacked, I had no reason to cancel, right? Like they looked like good guests. So I turned off Instant Book to protect my home and my investment and feel good about it. But I know that that has some implications on the SEO of Airbnb. And that's where maybe having a couple of business partners makes a little bit more sense. Right. And I think that you're definitely touching on, uh, on a good point. If you list on multiple platforms, you're not dependent on, on one platform, right? I mean, you know, there's also a chance that your account gets canceled by Airbnb. You know, there's been quite a few examples of of hosts who've been literally kind of kicked off the platform without any reason. And the most the most famous one is uh, is actually a former podcast guest. His name is Kelly Kampen. And uh, if you want to read his story, you can, uh, if you just Google Kelly Kampen Airbnb, he wrote a big post on Medium and he was one of Thailand's most recognized hosts. He, he actually received in 2014, he received an award as, as the best host in Thailand. And he's still, to this day, he's still puzzled why, uh, why Airbnb closed his account. So, I mean, I think that's definitely a good point. You know, you don't want to be dependent on one business partner. Um, I can also comment on that because I have some experience. I have actually had a business in the past where I was fairly dependent on Google. And when the, one of the updates hit, I can't remember if it was panda or penguin or some other animal with a p but uh, in any case my business uh my traffic pretty much declined by like 80 90 and that was pretty much the end of my business yeah and you know you can't see it coming but you can prevent it and by listing on multiple property uh, multiple platforms at least you're giving yourself a shot to call the shots and and have a business that continues. And then the next extension and one that I'm wrestling with, I'd be curious to hear if you have an opinion is, you know, I see more and more people uh, listing on their own, their own websites and, um, you know, creating their own brand, if you will. 
Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I've just uh, been working actually on on a review of uh, Logify, which is a company that you can use to simply create your own uh, vacation rental website. And and so I've been playing around with it and uh, you know creating my own website. And yeah, I think there's uh, I think there's some arguments to be made um, to have your own website. You know, when it comes to branding and it's it's kind of like a an online business card, you know, like in your personal network, you can tell people, hey, if you ever want to stay in in my city, here's you know here's my website. Uh, take a look; those people can share that website, and it's a it's a bit easier to share. For example, you know, let's say uh, like richardgetaway.com than to share. Uh, airbnb.com slash rooms right. slash six three seven oh three six or something you know so yeah you know I, and, and it might also help a little bit in terms of um, returning customers if the customer if the guest knows and they have a business card or they have a link and they know where they can find your your own website um, that might also increase the chance a little bit that they'll come back so you know, and and then there's also the argument that you can create extra content, right? For example, I saw one of your videos. You were uh, a little bit upset that you couldn't uh, post a video on your profile, which is also a really interesting point uh, that we could talk about another time. But uh, you know, Airbnb gave us the functionality of, of recording a, a video, and then you couldn't, you can't post it, which uh, doesn't <laughs> really seem to make sense. But if you have your own website, you can, you know, you can get pretty creative you can post all sorts of videos and so right. it you know it also can help to to build some reputation um it could even be that uh people who look on airbnb they might just google your the, the name of your uh of your property on airbnb to see if they can you know if they can book directly and there and therefore uh, not having to pay the you know the booking fees that are pretty high on, on airbnb you know like I, I just recently booked a place in taiwan and uh, i think i paid like 250 Fifty bucks in in booking fees, right? Um, so yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to be said to for so, having your own listing or own website. Yeah, I think that the biggest value that I see is what you touched on, which is being able to create additional content. And um, the the home that I listed that I took the photos of yesterday, I actually went out there with a drone and took all sorts of video from the air because it's ski in ski out home. And I want to show people just how close it is to the slopes. Now, it's a little challenging because there's no snow. It's summer here. But the point is, um, video is going to be the best way to show how this is so close to the ski slope or it's beachfront property or anything that where you're really trying to show location, you know, aerial footage is amazing. The one thing I also want to point out is there's a really big competitor in the space that we haven't touched on. I have no experience with it, but I'm going to do some work and I'm going to list some of my properties on there and review them on my uh, YouTube channel in the near future. And that's booking.com, which is owned by Priceline. And in fact, it turns out to be, I think, the biggest revenue and profit center in the entire Priceline uh, universe. And I know a lot of people, especially like serious short-term hosts that have many, many properties, more like property managers that swear by it. So I'm going to turn my attention to that, list a couple of properties on there, and uh, review sort of the user experience as a host, like what I thought of the onboarding, and then also what I thought about the booking. You know, did I get bookings? Were the rates good? The fees and all of that. 
Yeah, I think Booking.com could be an interesting platform. It's uh, originally, it's actually their headquarters are in Amsterdam, and I've actually visited their headquarters to talk about some potential opportunities. But um, but in any case, you know, it used to be the, the website for hotels, right? But they actually right. have a very large inventory of short-term rentals on the platform that they until recently haven't really focused on, but now they're starting to focus on it more and more. So I think that Booking.com could be uh, another uh, uh, good generator of income. And also the advantage of Booking.com for the host is that people who book on Booking.com generally uh, seem to be a little bit more easy to deal with because they they don't have that many questions. They don't expect so much of you as a host in terms of communication and in terms of you know uh, attention to the guest because they're you know they're they're more used to staying at hotels. So this it's is more, they want to have a space. Right. It's more transactional and less of that community that I touched on earlier about Airbnb. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, when I was in Chile, for example, I stayed in an Airbnb and I, uh, the person that uh, managed my listing actually manages a lot of listings. And, you know, and he told me that he uses Booking.com and that he prefers Booking.com bookings because the people ask fewer questions, they have fewer demands. And so he actually really liked it. Well, I'm going to do some work on it and uh, post a review on that YouTube channel, Short-Term Rental Secrets. So if you're interested in that, um, look for it. Absolutely. I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, I have to say, I'll say one thing against Booking.com, though. I've heard that the interface is uh, it's much more difficult than Airbnb. And also, I think they charge a much higher fee. I think they charge 20%. Yeah, I, I heard that it's a higher fee as well. But I think at the end of the day... You can always adjust your rates, and if it's net net, the same in your pocket. You know, in other words, if people that are searching Booking.com are prepared to pay a higher transaction fee, and I don't know whether they are, or they aren't. But what we care about as hosts is really the money in our pocket. So if I was charging $100 a night and paying Airbnb 3%, 97 in my pocket, I wouldn't list this on Booking.com at 100 and accept 80. Um, I would start at a higher rate and just see if I could get the same amount. And if I couldn't, then that would sort of be a negative or a strike against booking.com. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, well, Richard, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, I think we could probably talk for a few more hours if we wanted I'm to. Sure. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have you back uh, on the podcast at some point in the future. You want to let the listeners know where they can find all your awesome YouTube videos? Yeah, so go to um, YouTube and subscribe to the channel. It's called Short-Term Rental Secrets. And um, we're creating content for free three days a week. And people seem to really like them, a lot of engagement. And you know, our goal really is to put more money in your pocket. So if you have questions, we're hopefully adding value and helping you grow your business. Awesome. Well, I've been working on my own YouTube channel a bit, but I'm not really the expert. So I'll, I'll probably be picking your brain uh, in the near future to, uh, to to see if I can get some tips for you to how to make cool YouTube videos. I'm happy to help. And I'm going to also offer you to come and uh, be a guest, whatever YouTuber with me on my channel as well and review your book and so on. So I think there's plenty of opportunity for bright people to grow business and uh, we, we welcome you with open arms. Awesome. I appreciate that. All right, Richard, thanks again. And for all the listeners, thanks for listening. And of course, next week we'll be back with another episode. So see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.